Welcome back to Let's Talk Dog Podcast. My name is V. I'm the administrator and moderator for this podcast. Hey, it's Alexis, the Vincent's dog trainer in Missouri. And these are our guests. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. What's you up, guys? First. Okay. Hey, guys. My name is Mariano. Uh, I am one of the co-hosts of the Dog Trainers Podcast, and I own and operate Untamed Dog Co. out in Phoenix, Arizona. What's up, guys? My name is Brent. I'm also one of the co-hosts of the Dog Trainers Podcast, and I own Canis Behavior and Training out here in Los Angeles, and I also am the founder of the Canis Foundation, uh, where we uh, teach fosters and volunteers and rescue organizations how to train dogs while they're in the system. Oh my gosh, I have so many questions for you now because I just did my first volunteer event with my Paws Humane Society oh, and cool. literally spent the entire four hours just angry, quietly yep. angry. Wow. That, that's why we have the foundation. Yeah, yep. exactly the same reason. It was yep. appalling. Yeah. Mm. It's like walking in a neighborhood and you see people getting dragged down the street and you're like, it's so easy. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, the rescue world is, is yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The dogs that they had at the event, only one of them should have been there. The other ones mm. were not ready. They were just flooded mm. out of their minds. Just absolutely flooded. Um, the one that was the one that got adopted was the one that absolutely should have been there. He's just a one-year-old puppy. Was who the was one that just, stood out. Like, like I'll take yeah, he had he had these great stick-up ears. He's a bully mix of some kind, these great stick-up ears and like total puppy face. Mm-hmm. Um and he was fine. He went like that but the other ones were uh two two and a half year olds Mm. uh one who's dog aggressive uh one who's terrified and then a 10 year old a six year old who are a bonded pair Mm -hmm. who should not have been together yeah who should not have been together and should not be adopted together Mm. because they are may have lived in the same house but since there's no bonded pairing and and dogs (laughs) it was very aggravating to watch <laughs> yeah bonded pairs sometimes just get hijacked so that you get both dogs right it's like a marketing term you know sometimes it's absolutely no oh, yeah the um, rescue world has all kinds of all kinds of fun we could dive into that's yeah oh, oh yeah i just it was an experience i had not experienced before and it literally from like the moment they started bringing the dogs to us for us the volunteers to transport in our cars with no mm-hmm. crates mm-hmm, mm-hmm to take to a four-hour event where there was no crates for the dogs to be compressed in. Fit into that car? I had two in my car, but okay. there was six volunteers total and five dogs, and uh, uh, I had two in my car. Uh-huh. It was a, oh, it was a lot. It was a lot. Yep. yep. <laughs> we throw we throw major pet adoption events here two or three times a year. I work with a, a local foundation here in Phoenix, and I head up the coordination of these events. And we have sometimes like. Like our last event, we had something like 70 dogs adopted. So they're, they're big and, you know, and, and I totally get it. These dogs walking around, a lot of these people don't know how to control the dog. A lot of, a lot of, yeah, fun, fun, fun. Yeah, yeah. it was a, it was a lot. So yeah, I'll have lots and lots of questions about that and probably a, a small bit of ranting because okay. I still have cool. like flames on the sides of my face rage about it. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to that no talk shit rule? That's not talking shit about a trainer. <laughs> okay, good. Not about hey. trainers. Got it, got it, got it. We can totally talk shit about it. I said trainer. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. I can talk shit. Let's go. Not about um, So before we, before we delve into that, um, I want you guys to go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourselves. So we're going to start with Mariano. Okay. Um, you said you're in Phoenix. Uh, yes. That's awesome. I lived there for 10 years. Ah. I just moved in 2014. Uh-huh. Um, 
I live in Georgia now and it is, I miss, I miss the desert. Mm-hmm. Miss the desert. Come I've back. Coming out. Like I miss the desert. Dude, the desert is nice out here. It really is. You stay but in LA when if it you is, want. When it is a hundred degrees and 7,000% humidity yeah. here in Georgia, yep, it yep, is yep. only 120 in Phoenix. And there is a difference between a wet and a dry heat. A hundred thousand percent. And uh, I guess I'll start my about myself with my like intro to the dog world. So I'm uh, I'm familiar with humidity because my intro to dog training came uh, in the military. I was in the Air Force and I was stationed at Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, where it is humid and hot. And in the Air Force, when you have to wear your ABUs and like you know, a plate carrier and maybe like a chemical vest for, for uh, pre-deployment, um, like drills and things like that. You sweat up a storm. I didn't even know it was possible to sweat through a bulletproof vest, but apparently it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like it is, it legit is. And I totally understand. Like it can be technically 10 degrees hotter here, but if you're in the shade, like as long as you're not in the direct sun, it's amazing. And if there's the slightest breeze at all, it just, it feels like it's 99. It's, it's nothing. Yeah. So after the Air Force, then I, um, I moved home. I'm from California. That's how Brent and I know each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, he and I were working together at a kennel in Los Angeles. And that's how we met. And we've just been great friends since then. And I branched off and started doing my own thing. Um, you know, I've, I've worked at several kennels. And then I started my company, um, I don't know, maybe five years ago. And, um, you know, Brent started Canis, you know, like a year or so after that, you know, um, and I've just been training dogs since I moved to Arizona three years and a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. I've been loving it here. Um, I still frequent LA here and there. I still have a couple clients actually from LA that I, I you know, I work with here and there. Um, and this is, this is where I've been currently just working and building our dog trainers podcast and working on my team of, of assistant trainers and just, just having fun with it. What about you, Brent? What about me? Um, you know, it's really interesting to be on the other side of this whole interview, isn't it? I know it's yeah, weird. It's, huh? really, it's really funny. <laughs> yeah. Like it's well, cause it's like, no one asks, asks questions ever. Uh, um, so some of these things like have never been thought out or scripted. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's think about it. Um, I guess just to keep on the same and the same theme as Mariano, when it comes to like, um, you know, how I got into the dog business, I started dog training when I was 18 years old, um, uh, to just get to the point so when i went to college i went to school for actually film television and acting right like that was my goal i moved to la just to go to school for that that explains the radio voice right right well he has better radio voice you know what i mean like like i was i was asked to be an MC at my buddy's wedding and i was like this is so fun because i get to be like hey everybody get onto the dance floor right now you know what i mean but uh i digress back to the point is um when i was a i was going to school um, there was this time where I had three restaurant jobs and then those three restaurant jobs, like at one month after the other, just started letting me go. Right. Because the, the economy was getting crazy. Um, I think it was right before the crash, like 2007. Right. And, and so I got a lot of time on my hands and luckily I had a couple scholarships and financial aid uh, that I didn't really, I had some extra money. Uh, while I was in college, just enough. And mind you, like, I'm not a good saver. So I had like just enough to get by. And so while I was, while I had all this extra time on my hand, cause I didn't have a job, I was just volunteer at the animal shelter. Right. And prior to being at the animal shelter, like my uncle had a horse ranch and he had, 
you know, llamas and goats and sheep and all these things. And every summer and every winter I work on this ranch. And so, you know, some people ask, you know, as a dog trainer, they're like, they're like, oh, it's a gift that you have. You just have this gift with dogs. And I'm like, I don't know if it's a gift as much as it like I learned. Um, I learned that shit because, you know, when a, when a horse is trying to kick you or like uh, a goat is trying to like ram you with his horns, like you start to pay attention to behavior and not just assume like every animal is there to kiss you and love on you. Right. So the more you spend time with animals, the more you kind of realize a situational awareness of what's going on around you. So I took those skills. I went into the animal shelter and I was probably there for about a solid six months. And I was there to a point where, you know, the animal care attendants uh, or the ACTs, the, the technicians, they saw me all the time that I'd be like, excuse me, can you open this kennel for me? And they'd be like, uh, you know what, kid, just take the fucking keys. You're going to be here for four or five hours. Just take the fucking keys. Give it back to me before you leave because you I was bothering them. I bother them every 45 minutes. I would work a dog for 45 minutes, play with them, tire them out, put them back in, grab another dog. And I would do this for hours, right? Um, I had a lot more energy then than I do now, for sure. Um, and it got to this point where I had the keys to the kennels, even the kennels in the back, even like the aggressive dog kennels. I didn't find that out until later. So behind people's back, I would take these keys and I'd see a dog, you know, cause I would drop feeds at the shelter also. So I would have to see these dogs and I would see that there were some dogs that would never get walked or some dogs that were just scared. And so just my curiosity and kind of being a little bit of a, of a, uh, of like a rule breaker, you know, um, I would go behind and I would take these dogs out and I'd play with them in the yard and I was able to get some of these dogs to open up. And then I would tell, uh, you know, I'd go to whatever the animal care technician and I'd be like, are you sure this dog's supposed to be back here? Cause anytime I feed it, it's really nice. But really I put in like hours and hours of socialization and, you know, playing and, and just getting the dog acclimated to the shelter. And so, um, so I started feeling like I was doing something really awesome. Right. And when I was doing something really awesome, I really enjoyed like, I really enjoyed that vibe of just giving to the dogs and, and not wanting from the dogs, but just giving to the dogs. And um, long story short, I did that for many months and I fell in love with a Rottweiler and a pit bull that came in together. They were a bonded pair and I needed to get them a home. So I didn't know I was doing sales back then, but I would literally pitch uh, dogs to people. Right. I'd be like, oh, this dog would be great. He's super great with the tennis ball. He loves to play tug of war. He's he's very strong. So if you have a yard, you know, I, with whatever I knew at that point, and you know, I would watch every episode of Caesar Milan. So I ended up getting the pit bull adopted. And then the Rottweiler named Chucky, I would um I he wasn't getting adopted because he's a big scary Rottweiler. Right. So I loved this dog. I'd work with him every week. And I come into the shelter one day and he's gone. So I'm just like, yay, he got adopted. He ended up getting euthanized, right? And I remember being 18 years old and being just so fucking pissed about what the fuck? Why? Well, he bit somebody. When? He's a good boy. Well, how did he bite somebody? So I remember just being angry. I remember being frustrated. I remember being pissed off. I remember having all these emotions and just being an 18-year-old kid in the shelter who was in love with this dog who ends up not being alive anymore. I fucking lose it. And fucking lose it and so i'm going up and down the shelters just like throwing a tantrum pretty much like like that's all i could explain but i was causing a scene and i remember being like what the fuck how, how, how did this happen like he's a good boy like you guys don't even know the dog you guys aren't doing shit and again just super 
that rescue emotion of just like, if only people put yeah. in time, they would get it. And so I ended up leaving that shelter, getting kicked out of that shelter, screaming at them saying, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm going to go learn how to be a dog, dog trainer. I'm going to come back and I'm going to help all these dogs. Right? So one of the officers at the shelter, they, um, they made a phone call to someone who was a friend of the shelter and the officer told me he's like are you sure you want to work with dogs and i was like yeah i want to fucking work with dogs i don't care i'll groom them i'll walk them i'll fucking be at a daycare i don't give a shit i'll do whatever i need to do to be with dogs and he goes well i have a friend he's a friend of the shelter he just opened up a kennel and he's looking for employees so i'll give him your number so two days later i end up having a meeting with the guy who will be my mentor for the next 10 years and in those 10 years i learned business i learned rescue I learned training trainers. I learned staffing. I learned um, how to create modules. I learned how to, how to do a bunch of things. And so I'm very grateful for my mentor, but I was in essence a slave for 10 years for somebody else. I helped build a business. I helped expand that business. Um, and that's the business where I met Mariano at. And so long story short, 10 years later, he sold the business. I left, I started Canis Behavior and Training with 10 years of already existing knowledge in how to build a business. That's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It was definitely a, 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 a long origin story. So that's all right. Every villain has an origin story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you say every villain has an origin story? Every villain. It did. <laughs> every villain. The anti hero. Let's, let's be honest. The first like half of that sounded almost like it was about to become a villain or like on yeah. He's like, he's like, anyway. So I shot up the rescue and yeah. uh, so I killed him. <laughs> yeah, the shelter. It was right about my second to last victim that I thought maybe I shouldn't be doing this, but I did it anyway, right? Train so dogs. you know, yeah. once you're in, it's like, well, I can't stop now. I mean, <laughs> Why stop uh, now? Might as well right. just carry through with full momentum. <laughs> so they were screaming for their lives, right? And I was thinking to myself, damn it, why didn't I finish charging my iPod? Because it stopped playing. So- <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> why didn't i finish trying my part well that's awesome so you've had how long has canis been open so canis so canis has canis has actually been an entity since 2016 right so um at my old company uh, i started an llc because because i was training all the trainers and i was training the staff and i was the tra- i was in essence i was the training manager of both facilities um my mentor recommended that i start my own company just to have my own entity right so i could hire assistants and i could hire a secretary and i could hire things like that so the llc started in 2016 but in 2018 it actually became behavior and training so Behavior and training was just the break of like breaking off of just the consulting business and, and training mm-hmm. for other other facilities um, and becoming like an actual board and train private training group class. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So every trainer has like their little corner that is their mm-hmm. favorite thing to do, the thing that they love the most. Um, what is your guys's favorite corner of training? Hmm. Are we talking hands-on with the dogs themselves or are we talking just dog training overall? Hands-on with the dogs and themselves. I really like working higher drive sport dogs. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed working um, behavior mod. I would say that's about 
that's about what I had focused on for years when I branched off of the company that Brent and I both worked for and, and really kind of fixated on. And it's, it's always been a point of fascination for me. And I just, I, I love it to this day. Um, for me, I really like dogs who lack impulse control, just like dogs who are either whether they be like wild puppies that just don't know any better or whether it's just like that teenage dog that is just anxious because I don't know how to fucking control myself and they're just fucking vibrating all the time. Get a one-year-old boxer you can have right now. Yeah, yeah. I love that. No, those are my favorite. Those are my favorite because- oh, The wiggle butt of a boxer. Because I identify with those dogs. I identify with working breeds. Like I'm not a huge, like I love Malinois, don't get me wrong, but like, come on, like if you're a dog trainer, you can fucking train a Malinois. Like that's the easiest thing in the world. Like they're the dumbest, smartest dog out there. But see, know? the cool thing is it is, but it like, <laughs> like it, it's- I have one. You know? Yeah. You get what I'm I saying? I have one. Yeah. He's super stupid, but he's really smart. Yeah. Right. Like, right. But you guys have to understand the beauty of the Mali. Like it's, it's, yeah, anybody can train it because it's just so driven, but to, to, really fine tune the dog to that high level is an art, you know, and there's so much, like I've learned so much more, not only in actual hands-on training and training theory, but in terms of how to explain to clients, I've learned so much more with very high level, very finicky body positioning and drive development and like three, like tearing out your, your rewards and your, and your correctives, you know, and I just, I just, I love how precise, I love how capable dogs are it's it's crazy to me mm -hmm. yeah for sure yeah i i i'm not a not a malinois person i think they're beautiful i love watching them work i have zero desire to own a dog that is both equal equally that intelligent and that dumb at the same time yeah <laughs> and drivey yeah and drive yeah. yeah and needs always... to be doing something all the time <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I always make comparisons like in LA, especially like you'll see a Lamborghini on the 405 freeway and you're like, why? Why do you have the Lamborghini? Like when was the last time you actually went fast in that car? Why never. They've it? never gone ne fast. They in that never car. have. Right. Like I'm a practical kind of dude. Like if I'm going to get a real fast car, I'm taking it to the track at least once a month. To just push that thing. And if I break it, whoops, my bad. I broke it. But at least I used it. You know, it's funny. You know what I mean? It's funny because we end up in the same place, but we come from different starting points. Like. Uh, I'm somebody who really values like sheer capability. So it's nice to have a car that could go that far. Like I get that. I, I get, I get the value and also they're beautiful. And also they're like, someone really took pride in that car versus like a Corolla, like, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. but um, as in pride building the thing, you know, and designing mm -hmm. and all that stuff, mm -hmm. like a Lamborghini is a special thing, not just a car. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I go the other way. Like my dream vehicle would be like a Ford F-350 dually. And I have zero need for that truck, but I, I just love the sheer- think of all the options. Yeah. Well, I just love the sheer capability of it. Like I love that, like, you want to go to the beach? Yeah, okay. You want to go, you know, climbing off the face of the earth? Yeah, okay. You want to go there in like relative comfort while you're at it, playing CDs and having massages in your seat? Yeah, let's do it. Like, I love that it can do everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I am, um, I'm a Jeep person. I love Jeeps. Okay, I, I, like, I like a nice person. I like a nice Jeep. Jeep? Yeah. Jeep. Jeep. Jeep what? Like What's your Jeep? Jeep? Wrangler. Uh, I don't have one now. Um, okay. uh, currently, I have a Nissan that has seen better days. Um, uh, <laughs> but what I did have was I had a 90, uh, 96 Jeep Wrangler XLT okay. with color. a body lift and giant tires. and Nice. Dang. Back when Jeep still had steel roll roll roll, roll bars, cages built so, into it. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. rolled it more than once. 
Oh, did you? That's legit. I grew up country and um, we, we utilize our off-road vehicles off of the road. Yep. Frequently. I grew up in Mexico. Sometimes well, not in the best state of mind. (laughs) (laughs) You guys want to do a donut? I'm drunk. (laughs) Yeah. I rolled, I rolled my Jeep down the side of a small mountain. I was fine. The Jeep was fine. Right. <laughs> How about you, Alexis? What's your what's your ride of choice? Uh, I just want a really obnoxiously colored Mini Cooper. Ah. The Mini Coopers are freaking dope. And I could see you in a Mini Cooper. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you look like a Mini Cooper driver. Yes, yes. Yeah, but is where is she going to put her giant dogs? Is the roof like the accent colored? Is it not the same color as the rest of the car? I really like the ones that have like the checkerboard tops. Okay. Mm. Does yours? I don't have one yet. We're working on it. Is it the okay, Cooper or the Cooper S? Got it. Honestly, because I have giant dogs, the Countryman is kind yeah. of cool because it's bigger. Yeah. It's like the little one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mini Countryman. Yeah, got, I just think that's such a funny name. Roof, so your Mally can be like. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. I can see both of them doing that. <laughs> At that little car, just like. Well, what's your guys' uh, like little corner of the training world? What's your what's your preference there? Yeah. I only just started training actively professionally in the last couple of months. Oh, um, okay. I'm an apprentice still. Hmm. Um, I'm apprentice to Eagle Nook Training Academy with Shelly Carey. Okay. Um, and I, my plan is to work with, uh, to create a puppy program cool. um, that is fairly unique that I haven't seen so far. And that is, um, I drive a little purple school bus that I use for traveling. Okay. The little like six window purple school bus that's been converted on the inside. Mm-hmm. So my five-year plan is to get a full-size school bus, um, tear everything out and have it custom built with like six or seven kennels built into one wall mm-hmm. um, so that I can do a puppy program where I take your puppy for a month and I expose it and socialize it in every possible scenario, environment, nice. everything, all you know, while working on social skills and basic manners and things like that. Um, because I want to eventually puppy raise for um, service dog, service dog programs ah very cool okay Um, does this include socializing it to the horror stories of the world when you're listening to those podcasts about small town murder yes it does actually got it yeah okay super cool i like the service dog world yeah what about you alexa um i love working behavior mod cases uh give me an angry dog that's trying to rip my face off and i'm happy um but then on kind of the personal side i would like to get into protection sports um, and and kind of start venturing that way i've got a crazy high drive insane working line german shepherd that is Mm. the most challenging dog i've ever dealt with what color she's all black (gasps) black one like her soul now you got to hear mariano's story i'm there this one oh my god I, so I, I have this, this love affair with all black shepherds because my, I'm wearing our podcast shirt, but on my untamed like business shirt, my logo for the company is this. If you can see that. Yeah. And this is a client's dog. He is an all black German shepherd. His name was Batman and he was the perfect dog ever, ever, ever. I trained him. How long has it been Brent? Like, like year, it's been like four or five years, I think. And I remember training this dog and he was that perfect, like, I know, you know, that perfect mix that shepherds can have that, like, I've never seen a Mal have, but I've seen a couple of shepherds have where 
they're drivey and capable and they can do decent in, in some like sport fun but he's also even keeled and can just be a house dog without driving you insane and like yipping at you every 10 seconds and this dog was just perfect he's like a big stupid lab in a black german shepherd's body and he was huge and he was just perfect perfect in every way so i trained him and i sent him home and while sending him home clients are moving from like one house to another and they're like they're they're like public figure like celebrity clients so they're like buying this big house from that big house and what have you which means they live out in the hollywood hills which means we're talking like coyotes and snakes and whatnot like it's green out there right it's not like super city out there and I send the dog home and like not long after I sent him home, he gets bitten by a snake in their yard and he passes and they text me about it and tell me. And the poor mom is like, I was going to call you, but I honestly can't even get my words out. So I'm just going to like text you and let you know this happened. And I was just like, oh, no, like I was I was really just upset. And, you know, I made this like emotional like Instagram post about it and I cried about it. And it, and it was right around the time that I was starting my business. So, or, or rather that I was rebranding my business anyway. Yeah. So we were trying to come up with like a name and a logo and a, you know, and a this and a that. And I wanted my logo to be Batman and I wanted him to be like alive looking. So it's, that's why it's running, you know, but it's him. It's this all black shepherd. And I, I came up with, you know, untamed something that just sounds so like free, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I was in the room when that. Yeah, he was in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brent and I kind of like, we, he helped me come up with the idea for the logo. And, uh, you know, he was the one I was talking to. When I was making the post for Batman on my Instagram. On, yeah, on my Instagram. Um, but the coolest thing happened like seven, eight months ago, sometime late last year. This same client, because this was years ago that Batman passed, right? This same client reaches out and they're like, hey, so enough time has passed. We got us a new dog. Um, it's from the same breeder as Batman. It's from the same uh mom is batman like it's super similar looks a lot like him different dad the dad's a little drivier but he looks just like batman he's more energetic but i immediately fell in love with this dog and they were like so this guy's name is king um do you want to train him and i was like uh yes and the mom was like so we shoot you know she shoots her tv show like six months out of the year would you possibly be interested in like helping me basically watch him half the year, like basically share this dog? And I was like, um, yes. So I go out to get him and it was just this cool thing. Like I actually went out to LA for my grandmother's funeral and it was like this, and, I, and I'm, I'm like Hispanic. We're super close with like family like that. Right. So it, it hit me real hard that she had passed. And it was just one of those times where, you know, like it wasn't a tragedy, like she's older, but at the same time, this sucks. Right. So it was kind of nice to be able to do the funeral thing one day and then go pick up King the next day. And it was such like a pick me up. Right. And when I'm there, I'm asking his mom, Hey, so whatever became of Batman? And she was like, well, we had him cremated and so on and so on. And, you know, and I was like, do you guys like, do you still have his ashes? And she said, yes. And I was like, well, can I have some? And she said, yes. So I have his ashes in this tattoo and I have the rest of them here in my house with a little like keepsake for other animals that mean a lot to me. And I have right now King too. So black German shepherds are, are a special thing to me. I, I don't think I can live without one. Without I already have plans to, to have another one eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I, I want, I want two. I want a male and I want to name him Khan after the Star Trek villain, Khan. but, but in, but in honor of Batman, I want a female and I'm going to name her uh, Nightwing. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Cool. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. yeah. 
Now, one thing, one thing that you forgot to leave out from that story of getting King is the same day as your grandma's funeral, we also got really drunk with Jonas Black. Yeah, there was that. Yeah, yeah, there was, <laughs> there was, there was drinks and cuddles. Isn't that and... the pit where the picture of Jonas? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, so you can see why, you know, it was fun to have Batman the next day as I'm nursing this freaking hit. Because, again, I never drink, by the way. So yeah. I, I go. You were like five shots of tequila in. Yeah, well, well, Jonas shows up. His exact <laughs> first words when he shows up, you know, there was this kind of like like somewhat rude um, uh, host of the, of the, like the, you know, the host that stands behind the podium and stuff. And I get there first before Jonas and Brent. And um, I'm like, all right, so can we have a table like here? And he was like, yeah, sorry, but it's busy. So there's like a 90 minute like time limit, basically. And it starts when you get seated and they're not here yet. So I'm like, all right, well, let's not like waste these, you know, whatever minutes until they get here. So I'm like, okay, well, can I go hang out at the bar? And he looks kind of like, uh, I guess, you know, so I go wait at the bar. Jonas shows up, talks to the guy. I see him walking in and his exact first words are, um, the host is kind of fucking pretentious. I kind of want to punch him in his fucking face. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, three tequila shots, please, because we're at the bar. And I'm like, shit. And, uh, you know, so we start <laughs> we start drinking and, you know, and it's it's a done deal. I was gone that night. Great. It was good. Jonas said it. That sounds, event, sounds accurate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was fun. Jonas is real cool, too. It was, it was super fun. But, man, oh, I, I hated the I hate the feeling. I've only ever had this twice in my life where I wake up from sleeping still drunk. Yeah. And I feel awful. Uh, that has happened to me many times, but I was also in the Navy. I see. Oh, you were wow. in the Navy. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Squids represent. Squids represent. We, we do. Yeah. I, was a, I was specifically, I was a spook. I was Navy. I was a cartologist. I was a television. Oh, I see. Oh, cool, yeah. cool, cool. Um, so I spent a lot of time very intoxicated. <laughs> but yeah, Navy people liquor. go hard. Liquor tolerance. Yeah, we do. We do. Navy and yeah. Marines go hard. Yeah, Navy and Marines go hard. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. Um, so I, I, my silly question, my first silly question, and you're not allowed to cop out just All so right. you know, All right. put that out there now. Let's what would be your fate? What is your favorite dog breed to own and your favorite dog breed to train? Um, <sighs> good question. Man, I don't know. See, I know I can't cop out, but I don't really, I don't really have like a least favorite breed to train. So I don't really know if I have a most favorite breed to train. I guess I would. Out. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> Is this a cop-out? I really like high drivey breeds. I really like working with high drivey breeds. It's just so fun. Like uh, Doberman Shepherd, Malinois, you know, even breeds you wouldn't expect to be drivey, but they can be like Labradors and Poodles and like standard Poodles, you know. So they're I really hunting love... dogs. Of course they're drivey. Right, right. But but people don't think so. People think of a Poodle as like, you know what I mean? Uh, Weimaraners are a ton of fun. I actually really enjoy Frenchies because I feel like a lot of trainers for some reason have trouble training Frenchies. So I get a ton of retrain frenchies and they do amazing you know but i like them um i do like whenever i get really rare breeds like uh, i'll get a basenji i'll get a, a sholo i'll get a you know different things like that and, and i enjoy it and dog to own all black german shepherd and when i'm really old and retired um i want i want a pug yes well, I mean, they are couch potatoes. They are basically potatoes that bark and live on well, your couch. The cutest thing I've ever seen in my entire life is a pug in a raincoat. <laughs> and it was the there. most adorable. And like, and the raincoat like 
tapered off over the whole dog. So his little like curly tail was underneath like wagging because it's looking right at me. And like, you know how the raincoat, like it opens like this. And so I just see yellow and big bug eyes and like, (laughs) and its tail in the back end is moving the raincoat underneath like this. So the raincoat's like, (laughs) and I'm just like, I must have you. So, you know, when I'm done, you know, when we're no longer young and capable, I'm, I'm moving on from shepherds and, you know, and I do want to mal at some point and, and get into competition for, you know, for funsies. And I guess it'd be good for business and all that, but then I want my, my pug and I'm just going to be chin chilling. Chin chilling. All right, Brett, what about you? So I didn't know. So I just recently adopted two dogs from a client. You did? Um, Well, uh, yes. Okay. The paperwork's being drawn out. But, okay. Um, I have my dog Dynamite, who's a Doberman, right? I've trained many a Doberman throughout the years. And um, I loved when I was thinking about getting a puppy, I was like, Dobermans are awesome. So I went to a litter of 10 puppies. Luckily, it was, it was like a rescue, right? But mind you, they were puppies. So I'm very aware I got a puppy for rescue prices. Um, but their, the mother had Von Willebrand's disease. So he's a carrier of von Willebrand's, but he doesn't actually have the side effects of that disease, which is a blood clotting disease, right? Um, so a purebred pregnant Doberman got surrendered to a rescue because the breeder couldn't sell those puppies right. in, in good consciousness, right? So I got to pick the best puppy out of that litter and Dynamite is one of the best puppies. Um, would I get another Doberman? No, no, I would not. Not because I don't like them, because my heart, is in cattle dogs. I love cattle dogs. They're little shitheads. I grew up, I had four cattle dogs when I was a kid. And anytime I train a cattle dog, it's just, there's this nostalgic, you know, aspect to it. Like that dog just always just gets like 30% more attention than the other dogs, just because I just have that, that vibe with it. And they're, they're assholes, but they're also really smart. And they're also, you know, so I, I like that personality in a dog. But the two dogs that I adopted from a client, Great Pyrenees and a Tibetan Mastiff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was growing up. You got up, a polar bear and a regular bear? Yeah, pretty much. What yeah. are their I names got, again? Is, that, lion, is that Mama and? Uh... And Grandpa. Okay. Mama and Grandpa, pretty okay. much. Now, that's what the names of the dogs are. Yeah, okay. yeah. Mama and Grandpa. And these two dogs don't act like their breed standard, which is great. Okay. So the Tibetan is super territorial and protective, but completely chill and lazy and just like, like a doofus, like what you would expect, like a newfie to be. Right. Um, But don't sneak into my house because you're fucked. Okay. The great Pyrenees thinks he's a golden, like thinks he's a golden retriever. He just loves everyone and everything. And he'll dig holes in the backyard and he'll chase the ball and scare a squirrel. And, you know, so, so these dogs, I didn't know I would love these dogs so much but I love them so much. Right. So I guess to train cattle dogs to own, it's hard to narrow it down in one. Right. But I would own a cattle dog. <laughs> He's like, it's hard to narrow that it was down. So narrow, difficult so to I'm going to give you a really God. broad, well, broad answer well, of cattle. Because dog. just because, and I say that because I know that the Pyrenees and the Tibetan are not breed standard, right? Like they are, yeah. they have my heart. And like, if I could replicate them, I would say them, right? Dy- my, my Doberman black dynamite. He's, he's a fucking gem. Fucking love him, but he's very easy and he's too easy. 
and it's there's an aspect of me that isn't on my toes with him versus like my tibetan i'm just like you watch out for mama because if when mama loves you you know you're in the family you know if mama doesn't love you there's probably a reason i should trust mama's instincts you know so it's a it's it's a hard question but yeah i i will own cattle dogs again i do have my heart with cattle dogs i love training cattle dogs because you guys know how high performance they are mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yeah so there's that cattle dogs and cattle dogs boxers and huskies those are my favorite boxers and huskies. they are my which, which my my i oh i own both uh, <laughs> I have nice. I have two and a half boxers out. Say I say half because he's only half boxer, but I have two and a half boxers that are my boys are outside playing right now. And then mm. I have um, a husky pity mix, which does not look like you would think a pity mix looks like. She looks right. like a husky with a short right, face right. and an underbite. Um, and then uh, I've got a bully also. But my favorite yeah. to own is boxers and huskies. Mm. I love the amount of sheer derpy stupidity both breeds provide um except for that huskies also bring the uh mastermind criminal intelligence yep with them Mm -hmm. uh and i had to buy an impact crate to buy a crate that my husky couldn't get out of Uh, uh. um i love because she also can open the doors (laughs) you know you know i i just trained a dog that has kind of both like that derpy idiocy and and you know it's an it's an akita i wouldn't mind owning an yeah. akita oh i would totally own an akita yeah i would totally own yeah one. he's a he's a fun yeah. dog for me i love the um the stubbornness and the sheer determination to do what they want of a husky i love it mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. my husky mm-hmm. is actually my service dog in training my in-home awesome. service dog mm-hmm. um she is a great dog she's just also a husky right <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah um but i mean my favorite horse is the my my dream horse to own is an arabian so you can see mm. where my uh my you, my let's you're... let's deal with the hardest head possible comes in at. right 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 <laughs> yeah. you're a glutton for punishment yeah basically and then yeah. boxers just my first my first service dog was a boxer um and i got him from a really terrible situation um and expected that he wasn't going to make it through the week and then he did uh and then he i had him for 10 good years he was 12 when he died which is not young for a boxer right (laughs) um and uh he just seeded this like absolute love for having a boxer um because they bring this kind of joy and unrestrained silliness that i've not actually seen in the other breeds right. the way that you see it in a boxer, well, that um, boxer so i have wobble. two yeah yeah the, the, um the, yeah the yeah the boxer wobble. Fit, yeah. yeah they they absolutely do it all of the time um but my boxer my baby boxer right now just turned one and i don't love him right now because mm. <laughs> i do not love teenagers yeah. <laughs> Um, and my other one is actually the dog that got me into dog training because he's very reactive. He's very active. Hmm. Um, and uh, I got to experience, he's two and a half, and I got to experience what it's like to own a dog that you're afraid to take anywhere. Yes. And then you feel isolated and it's freaking terrible. And I don't want anybody else to feel like that. And that's why I right. decided to start training, why I dove into starting to learn to train. Um, awesome. But those are my favorites. Uh, muzzle train that dog. He is muzzle trained. He doesn't need it, but he is muzzle trained. What about you, Alexis? 
I'm just, I'm a shepherd person. Um, the dog that got me started as a dog trainer was a German shepherd that wanted to kill every dog she saw. Mm. Um, and it, it was horrible and dealing with trainers that were just like, no, you're never going to fix this. Just euthanize her was horrible. And I was mm. like, no, that's not going to happen. I'll figure it out myself. And I did. And then just fell in love with them. Um, so now I've got my black shepherd that just turned four, which is really sad because I feel like she's not a baby anymore. Um, and I've got the Mali shepherd mix. That is my Ooh. rescue fail when I was working in a shelter and brought him home um, thinking he was older than he is. And I brought home a puppy and it's been, oh. um, he's getting on everyone's nerves. You don't say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's, all, he's also the same age as Gambit. So he's also right at that yeah. sweet he's spot. Right at one year old teenager. <laughs> Gambit's a good one. I like, I like X-Men Gambit too. is his name? Yeah. I'm uh, sorry, real quick. I'm just ordering food on Uber Eats because I haven't eaten that day. <laughs> I haven't either. Shit, I know. If I'm food. looking away at the camera, you should order food on Uber Eats too. <laughs> yeah. Where's my phone? Yeah, it's over here. I'm feeling like some Italian. You guys want some pizza? I'll order soft food. Um, I, used to I have that. tacos right there. There you I go. Made tacos. I used to buy food for people at a distance. So you're saying your favorite dog is a shepherd to train or to own or both? Probably both. Uh, I also, though, have a gigantic soft spot for dachshunds and I really mm. want one. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, I trained a pair of them a few years back, and once I like won over their stubbornness, mm. <laughs> they were the best little dogs ever, and were just kind of a joy. And like, I couldn't help but just smile the whole time I was yeah. working with them. Okay. Um, and they were just silly and goofy, and like the most brave little badass tiny dogs yes. I've ever met. Yeah, they're, they're, um, they're such a cool like. Um like package right like how how tough they are like i work with the german shepherd rescue and the pitbull rescue and the rottweiler rescue and the doberman rescue and all these tough breed rescues and i also work with the dachshund rescue of los angeles right and i've trained more fucking biters mm -hmm. from the dachshund rescue Doxies, yeah like more aggressive like severe like oh my god i'm scared of you like like i've trained more of those dogs from dachshund rescues but the turnarounds man like when you train those dogs like they're freaking awesome i love yep. I love them. I love their names too. Like, I, like there's a doxy rescue out here in in Tucson, which is like a few hours south of us. But they send me their their aggressive doxies, and I love their names. Like we trained one named Herman. We trained. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's just it, I just love those stupid little names that they give them. Howard. And he, Howard, and he looks yeah. like a Herman too. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just I I love it. Yeah. Oscar, like like the Oscar. wiener. Yeah, like the wiener. Yeah, of course. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Always, always the case. I have a friend who names uh, every time she gets a, she has a dachshund right now, but every time uh, one passes away, she gets a new one and she just names them in succession, like names from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, I just sent home a, a Samoyed puppy and this owner, he's a, he's like a, a wealthier guy from, from Ottawa in Canada. And um, this is his fifth Samoyed and he names them all Sammy. Yes. Like all of them, exactly Sammy. It's not like Sammy the second, it's just Sammy. And they've all been named Sammy. And he said, you know, he was like, yeah, if I, if I keep getting, I'm just, they're just all going to be Sammy. So I was like, okay, sweet. So, you know. It's a great they, way to not have to relearn a new name. Yeah. Well, I think, I think he, he did it to be like, not funny, but, but it's kind of funny and also has like a, it, you know, 
like Sammy the Samoyed, you know, like like you would hear like in a cartoon, like Artie the Alligator, you know. So it was just it was it was funny how. I wonder how... if people are like Sammy's been alive for forty years. I know, 40 <laughs> probably <laughs> Edward Cullen over here. Clone Sammy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if you get a well-bred Samoyed, they all look the same. He's, they all and just he's look true. like little little clouds. Yeah, I mean, and they he's just a hand like giant Eskimos. That's yeah, he, he's a handsome. He's he's so he's such a sweet boy. Like he, he's what Brent was talking about, the rambunctious puppy who just needs to learn how to be a bit patient and have some impulse control and learn how to play. Like it, it, it is quite fun to work with puppies. I, I have never work. struggled with impulse control on a dog the way I do with my boxer. Mm, mm. And this includes my other boxers. <laughs> like He's just and I think it's because he's normal. Like he's not damaged, like all of the rest of my dogs. He didn't come to me damaged. He's right. just you like know, a normal puppy. But that that tends to be most people's like origin story, though, because one of my dogs, like my introduction to, maybe not like my my introduction to e collar training, was one of my dogs. Um, uh, he's man, Simba's like eight now, but man, when I got him, he was a handful, and you know, I was obviously this is years ago, right? So. Um, I was newer as a trainer. My my skill set was way more limited than it is today. My understandings of tools and how to run them, and, and you know, and, and he was difficult. So I was looking into just different ways to train, and I, I found e collar training, and and you know, and and it totally changed the game for him. And funny enough, you know, there was a time when Brent and I were like anti e collar, yeah. and um, and you know, once I learned really how to run it, and and the better I got with it, the more like versatile of a tool I realized it can be, and what all it can really do. I was like, oh man, yeah, these things are cool. I am not experienced enough yet with e-collars to want to no. train one of my dogs on them. No, uh, I do good. have a dog that is e-collar trained. Um, she was e-collar trained by Norca, but I don't oh. use it because I don't feel like I am competent enough. Ah, okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, my timing's not that good. Yeah. I would say like learning dog training. Cause like, like the more, the more powerful the tool that you use, like try to train your dog as much as you can before introducing a tool, right? Like, yeah, if I could do things over, like how much I wish, I wish I would have started in food work. Right. I wish I would have started in slip lead work. I wish I would have started there because now as a professional 14 years into it, that's where I'm at now. Like, and it's so funny because I realize how much I don't need a prong or how much I don't need a new collar, how much I don't need certain things. And early on in my training, it was all like pinch, like selling, literally I had to sell people pinch collars. Right. And I feel like you get the pinch collar. It's the best. Let me tell you why it's the best. And I realize I'm, am I just, I'm not getting paid by Herm Springer to pitch their collars. Right. Like I wish I was, but I had to in order for me to do my one trick pony approach. Right. right. The program with the, pro yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, pro the prong collar program. And so, you know, yeah, if, if try like, like, I, I, just because it's popular, e collar is popular, you don't have to do it. No, 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 yeah. totally. Right now, you know, like just learn it when it's time to learn it or learn right. it from someone where you can see a dog all the way through a system. Totally. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's such a fun, like when you're, when you're going through your e-collar or sorry, when you're going through your like dog training overall kind of journey and you're figuring out like you're learning this tool, that tool. Definitely. I, I tend to agree. I think it's, it's probably going to be best for anybody to start with food because you learn the principles of dog training that stick no matter which tools you add on like timing and engagement and reward events and, and, you know, and, and all the things that you're going to need, if you really ever want to be like, like high level in terms of precision and fun and engagement and all that good stuff, not to mention all the things that are included in, in like our plus work, like it's not just food it's toys and everything else. Right. So, um, that I think is a ton of fun. I, I lately I, I've actually like 
for the past, I don't know, maybe two-ish, three-ish weeks, um, I've... I've had this weird thing where like I've fallen in love with dog training, like all over again, you know, mm. because sometimes be. every six months, you should totally be. right. Right. Like sometimes you get so caught up in the monotony of like, okay, I got to respond to clients and I got to do this and I got to do booking and I invoicing it, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I've got my other trainers and, and, and so on. But, you know, lately I've, I've been looking at training through like a lens that I just, I forget how much I love. And I, I look at most things in life through this lens. And it's just like, it's, it's not to sound weird, but it's like, it's almost like an emotionless, just kind of purely quantitative scientific kind of, kind of thing. Right. So it's it, not it, weird. It's well, good. well, to some people it's weird, right? Because like, depending on what we're talking about. Right. So, um, in dog training, I really love it because it reminds me to remind my staff why tools exist and exactly how you can maximize the utility of each and every single tool. And if you're looking at things scientifically and pragmatically, then like Brent was saying, you have to ask yourself, does this dog really need, like explain to me why we're going to put an e-collar on this dog? Like what's the purpose? What is the function? Because e-collars are good at what? And then we break all that down, the, mm -hmm. the different types of training and the quadrants that e-collar like excels at versus food, obviously, you know. And so we, we start to get into the quadrants of like, this tool does this really well. That tool does that really well. The prong collar has this difference from the e-collar, the e-collar, you know, and like, and we start boiling everything down and then we start throwing the client into that equation. Like, okay, but then the client's like an older person who can't quite blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's so fun to just throw all this like, like shit at my brain. And then I just get to like chew on it all day long. Like it's like my mental chew toy and I've been loving it. So I've just been falling in love with dog training all over again lately, just having a blast, you know, reconditioning super, super simple behaviors and, you know, just, just to do it, you know, mm -hmm. but e-collars and prong collars and food and toys and all that stuff. It's, it's, it's a big, big world and they each come with their own like ins and outs. And I, I would probably agree with Brent, like you should consider starting with, you know, engagement-based training, food, toys, whatever first. Um, I'm going to pause this real quick for one second. I got to let my dogs in so that they stop irritating the neighbors. No, we haven't Bobby, heard Alexis's, uh, uh, you know, her start in the training world. I mostly observe because I was roped into this. <laughs> I get really anxious and new people are hard. Ah, um, I see. Hence, are I we just new people? Yeah. Are we new people? I don't You're know. You're saying you've never listened to an episode of the podcast? never I she said no okay it's all good i knew it i knew it I knew well tell it. us about uh, your I, intro to I, I always mean to um and then i really struggle with paying attention to podcasts while i'm like, oh doing other things yeah. yeah and so unless i want to just sit and stare at the wall and just listen to it which will probably happen because i'm kind of burning out on my normal avenues of entertainment right. uh, i end up a lot or no? Don't no, I don't. I kind of tend to walk places. Oh. Um, I, I walk a lot. Hmm, that's a perfect time to listen to a podcast. Um, yeah, that would be probably a good time. I always put on like music and jam out and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. But yeah, podcasts are on my list of like, I want to get better at listening to them because I always try it when I'm like working my day job. Right. And then I end up being like, I did not absorb any of that. And that was just voices in the background. Mm. Uh, what is your day job? So oh, I work remotely for a utility management company while I'm trying to build up training clientele, which has been really hard having relocated to a new state. 
Right, right. Um, of course, yeah, Mariano did that a couple of years yep. ago. So. Yeah, um, it's it's been really difficult, and it's it's not going super great. Um, I got I got some tips for you then, because I just had to do that a few years ago. Yeah, so far it's kind of just been sucky, and it's really discouraging, and it is what it is. Um, but yeah, so right now I sit at a computer all all day, and now I just basically assign work to other people and do research on utility providers to find all the ins and outs of doing stuff for them I see. Uh, it's super great super fun really entertaining um that was probably the perfect time to get into podcasts because I have a lot more free time while I'm working not free time but sure sure I don't I don't have as like a, an intensive job anymore uh whereas before it was like eight hours straight of trying to process things as quickly as possible now I get to just divvy that out to other people and relax nice. a little bit, That's which has been really good for my anxiety. Yeah, yesterday, the, the UPS guy, man, um, he was jamming out. He was bumping some old school, like good shit, too. He was playing Gangsta's Paradise. I could hear it from my house. He was like bumping it. And I was like, man, this dude has a fun <laughs> job. You just like go from, from house to house, dropping packages, listening to music. Like that's that's pretty legit. I freeze? Did you guys freeze? Uh, no. I, um, nobody froze. Nobody froze. Oh, all three of you guys froze on my end. Oh, it was it was your end then. Okay. Whatever. But okay, so Alexis, so then tell us about your like intro to dog training. Yeah. Um, so I guess like the, the official start of it was when I was about actually 18. you never even told us your like, or maybe you did, your kind of corner, your like favorite element of dog training. Yeah, right. so I really I mean, at this point, I kind of take whatever falls in my lap, and that could be a puppy, that could be a dog trying to rip my face off. Um, but I really like the behavior, mod, um, reactivity, and aggression. It's, I mean, I don't know. I, I like seeing people realize that they can actually live with this dog and enjoy their life with the dog that mm -hmm. they previously couldn't. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of started like real getting into dog training um I was about 18 with my first German Shepherd that was you know first rescue dog as an adult they did not disclose anything about this dog and took her for a walk and she bit me because she was freaking out seeing another dog mm. it was a lovely wake up call um and then just kind of poured all of my time into just figuring out what to do to fix this and work through that problem. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but I was kind of the awkward kid that didn't have friends and didn't like people, but we had dogs growing up. And so my like thing to do was to go out in the backyard and just train the dogs. Okay. Um, so that, that was what I did as a kid was just who needs human friends? We'll just go teach the dogs how to do stuff. And yeah. that's what I did to keep busy. Um, and then had like the longest period of time where I was like, I'm not a dog person. I don't like dogs. And then now I'm a dog trainer. Right. Um, <laughs> so, so what you're saying is I know. you weren't self-aware when you were younger. No, but now, no. But now you're more self-aware. <laughs> I mean, it, it was a, an interesting story of how it got to be that way. Uh -huh. Basically, my mom's dog got in the house and ate my bird. And at that point, I decided Ooh, I don't like dog. dogs anymore. Yeah. Um, until I brought home my German Shepherd mm. that I like just fell in love with. And here I am now with 
two high drive monsters and the monster cat that might as well be a dog mm. um and no birds hopefully <laughs> not at the moment i have had birds uh i like working with birds birds are I, weird i don't know i like them uh i've had reptiles frogs fish i just prefer animals over humans most i'm of scared time. of snakes I'm scared of snakes, and I'm scared of snakes. I had like people, five pet snakes at one point. I can't. I, like do it. I love my. I pet love snakes. them. I love snakes. I can't one do day, it. One day we'll have them again. Um, I don't have any at the moment, but they're such yeah, great pets. They really are. And they're really you affectionate. Mm, I haven't I had any. Think if there's an animal like I have. Like. Is there an animal? Hmm? Yeah, scorpions. Them. Oh, I mean, that's an animal that's an arachnid. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. They're very mean. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't fuck with something that wants, that's literally programmed to defend itself all the time. No, I'm scared of snakes. I'm scared of big tortoises. I'm scared of like, why? Why are you scared of big tortoises? What are they going to do to you? Because it it very slowly hunts me. Like, I have a client who has, (laughs) I'm I'm not, I am not kidding. It's up and it's right here. No, no, no. Like, I I have a client who has these two beautiful giant German shepherds. I actually have one here in front of this English Mastiff, and then I have another one in the living room. And this client, he has a like decent sized tortoise. It's like 90 pounds, like a big, big That's tortoise. A big, big tortoise. You know, it's not even and really a big tortoise. What's that? It's not even really a big tortoise. I know, but but it's big enough that like it it stalks me. Cause obviously it's a tortoise, so it's slow. But like we'll be walking around the yard if I'm doing a lesson with one of the dogs and it just follows me. So I leave to another place and it fought like it it like will beeline it to wherever I am. And it follows me, and I'm scared of this Probably thing. Probably thinks you have food. I I think it thinks I am food, and I am not trying to find out. <laughs> it it That's straight follows me. Thing to a dinosaur, and bro. that so thing, it, it I know it is. I know, and, and, it, and it clapped this big ass German Shepherd. Like this new puppy comes to the house, sniff, 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 uh, and then runs away because he bit him on the face. And I was like, nope, I'm good. Well, don't stick your face in his. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good on that. I just I just walk away from him over and over, and he stalks me. He's relentless. Yeah, no, the only thing I, I don't do is 